We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Good morning. Our wisdom this morning, from yearning to learning, our learning this morning, the wisdom gleaned will be taken from the beginning, really the third book of the five books of Moshe, known in uh, in English as Leviticus, the book dealing with the Levites and those who worked in the temple precinct or the tabernacle, but known in Hebrew as Vayikra, and he called and was called. The majority of the third of the five books of Moshe deals with the cult, as it were, the temple cult and rites therein, meaning all of the sacrificial system of the ancient Israelites that had to do with using animals and others to propitiate, to, you know, to, uh, to appease God or to bring that technology, their particular way of experiencing divine service. Um, the tabernacle, the Mishkan, which would later become the Mikdash, the temple in Jerusalem was decidedly um, something that many moderns might have a tough time with. The notion of bringing animals as part of a way of serving God is anathema to us to some degree, especially if there are any vegans in the house. I'm so sorry to be talking about this. But it is certainly a part and parcel of the biblical spiritual worldview and the biblical spiritual outlook. And what we, for thousands of years as Jews, have done is that when we read the Torah, we say, okay, great, that was then, what does it mean for me today? We don't just kind of take a editor's pen and just say, oh, that's irrelevant, let's get rid of that part and this part and let's make it fit the way that we think today. We actually use not a, a scalpel, but, but a, a quill to fill in the depth and imagining what it might be speaking to as a metaphor, as an allegory for our own lived experience. So we call that process midrash. Can you all say that? Midrash. It means to seek out. From the word lidrosh means to go look for. Our interpretive tradition is called looking for meaning. Meaning making, midrash making. And so I'd like to turn your attention, if you would, to a part of the reading this morning, which appears on page 599, 599, very last verse on that page, verse 27. Verse 27 introduces us to one of the reasons why one would bring a sacrifice to the temple. Ve'im nefesh achat techeta bishkaga. Me'am ha'aretz. If a soul of a person from among the population unwittingly incurs guilt by doing any of the things which God has commanded not to do, which is a funny way to say something, 
right? By doing one of the things that God said, don't do it. And ashamed and has guilt. Or, verse 28, or Hodailav, like he didn't know, she didn't know that they had done something wrong and somebody made them aware of it and then they feel, wow, I screwed up. You could bring a sin offering to the temple precinct. So it's not a big leap to say that this technology is still relevant. That there needed to be a special place where someone could come and say, oops, that wasn't, I made, that was an error. I miscalculated there. I acted, um, unskillfully. Or that somebody might find themselves unintentionally having done something that they never would have known unless somebody called them up and said, you know, 10 years ago, you don't remember this, but it was a, like a cocktail party and you came over and you said something, but I've been holding that now for 10 years. And the person says, oh my God, I didn't know. The Torah says that the experience is timeless, but the way to remediate that, the way to, to heal that was time bound. Bring an offering, sacrifice it. But what do we do with mistakes? What do we do with the sense of IOU? What do we do with the sense of guilt, ashma, the sense of so heavy, it can be so burdensome. Being able to release guilt, being able to say, you know, it's an IOU, but I paid it, or I want to pay it. It's a very powerful invitation in the Torah this morning to talk about accidents will happen. Accidents will happen. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, people here in the community know that I was on my, and don't please, don't be critical of me, I like my electric scooter. I know it's not smart. I told someone the story, they said, well, it's your fault for being on an electric scooter, please, you know. I was in the bike lane and I was going that fast. But um, I got cut off by someone on Amsterdam Avenue who made a left turn on Amsterdam. And because we in New York City are just getting used to the fact that we have a bike lane, um, and most people aren't aware of bikers who are coming up the bike lane, and it happens all too frequently. Um, he cut me off and, uh, and I had an accident. And people went running after him because he didn't realize what he had done because I didn't hit his car. I threw myself on the ground. I was with my son on the scooter and we kind of we were okay. But had someone not run after him, he would not have known. So someone went over and said to him as he came back, he was contrite, he felt horrible. But let's say he had not been told and then he would have gone on with his life and I would have seen that guy somehow know that it was a guy in a flat, you know, flat red truck, red truck. So listen, 10 years ago, you cut me off and I, I was limping for three months because of your inadvertent mistake. The Torah says here that, that mistakes happen, but we still sometimes and often justifiably feel that we need to pay it off. That even if our intention was good, our impact might not have been. Even if our intention was good, our impact might not have been. I can't tell you how many people come and sit with me or clergy or friends, whatever, and say, but I didn't intend it that way. And they say, well, that's great. But your impact was still felt. And so the Torah here, it's a very um, incisive insight. 
it cuts to the core of human psychology. We might still feel the need to pay off a debt even if our intention was good. It was a mistake. I didn't mean it. And still have that need to bring something, to sacrifice something, to offer something. This technology now often takes the role of therapists. We come to a therapist and we say, you know, I feel guilty. And the therapist usually says, you know, if it's not one thing, it's your mother, exactly. <laughs> we didn't even work on that, and that was good timing, right? We got the timing down, timing. But it's still a, a powerful reminder to check in on how much of an IOU we are holding at any given moment. And I remember reading once that someone said an IOU, guilt is an IOU. If you don't pay it, then rip it up. Pay it. But there's no point keeping IOUs around all the time. Like, pay it off. The Torah says the same thing. If you feel, if you know that you have incurred guilt, it's been brought to your attention, or you are aware of a mistake, it still weighs on us. And that to some degree, if we want to be free, if we want to be liberated, if we want to actually feel ourselves functioning at our highest premium, we have to do the cleansing of these kinds of, of mistakes. Good intentions, but bad impact. Something got broken, we didn't mean it, but still, come on. Come on. So as is our custom here at Romamu, this first wisdom piece is an invitation for those who feel somehow that this speaks to them this morning and, and it, it can, whatever that means to you, speaks to you means you're not admitting when you're coming up here that you've just made a mistake or whatever it is, but whatever spoke to you this morning. Um, we don't have this calling up to the Torah given to one person, but to anyone who feels called. But here, let me invite one, one piece to deepen this and then we'll, we'll read. In our tradition, the temple was destroyed in 70 of the Common Era. And from that moment on, the rabbis who created what we now call rabbinic Judaism said that whenever you read about a korban, about a sacrificial offering, whenever we read about what, what took place in the temple, the reading itself can act like as if it's really happening. It's make-believe, but it's not so make-believe. So I want to invite at this moment, as if this were the temple, and as if the technology were an animal, but let's say not, for anyone who feels particularly called this morning to have and brought to awareness and then to make a commitment to cleansing, a shkaga, a mistake, a well-intentioned but poor-impacted experience that might be weighing on you, or if someone else in your life you know is holding that, that you might go to them and say, you know, maybe I can help you unburden that. Let me be your temple. Come and tell me so that you might be free to live more lightly with greater ease and with greater flow in your life. These technologies are still here, if not exactly in the form, but in the essence. I invite forward this morning for the reading of mistakes and their release. Anyone who feels called 